0: From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. There we go. (laughs) That's right. It's another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Logan Green. Might help if I put us on the screen first before I start talking, right, Logan?
1: Possibly. Usually that works.
0: (laughs) Generally, that's how things work here on the Treasure Valley PrepCast. We're breaking down everything in the 3A, 2A, 1A ranks in District Three, you can get the audio version of this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Video only version at the idahosports.com Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Logan, you're dressed a little nicer than me today, but we're both representing our teams. I noticed.
1: I, hey, that's right. We yeah. survived the NCAA scandals today, so <laughs> it's it's funny they got NC somebody got paid under the table couple years ago and part of that whole adidas shindig that's that's hurt like louisville and kansas and all that and it's it was like the team stunk that year they didn't even have a winning record and um so they they ended up wiping the slate clean for that year which is great because nc state lost to unc that year by like 50 so that game never happened it never it never happened so you know they they were talking about a postseason ban, and it's like, well, we're not going anyway, so it might not be a, might not be terrible, but anyways, that's that's not for this. So,
0: yeah, Logan in his finest NC State polo shirt. Yep, uh, I'm wearing my Montana Grizzlies hoodie. It's been very tough in my house because Montana's biggest rival, Montana State, yeah. just advanced to the one double A champion, the FCS championship game for football and all of my in-laws are bobcat fans
1: so (laughs) Mm, it's a rough it's going to be a rough christmas for you brandon
0: yeah christmas is going to be rough that's for sure we're we're recording (laughs) this we're we're, speaking of christmas we're recording this a little earlier in the week than we normally would because christmas is coming up and uh a lot of people are going to be traveling for the holidays i'm going to be leaving on wednesday actually to go up to montana so um this is going to be kind of a shorter podcast this week. Just kind of recapping what happened in the last week, and we'll maybe peek ahead to some stuff that's happening after the the holiday break. There's one big tournament going on in in Boise, actually, the Timberline Tournament uh, for girls basketball. Bora and Timberline co hosting that event, but um, we'll we'll get to that in just a minute. I want to start with Logan the. Owyhee, uh tournament that took place pa- th- this past week at Owyhee, the brand new school in Meridian. There was a large school division, which we're not going to cover here on this podcast, but uh, yeah. a, a smaller school division, which we ended up broadcasting every single game from that smaller school tournament, Logan. And you were there for a lot of it and yeah. it works out well because Ambrose ended up winning the title.
1: Yeah. And they looked very good. And uh they looked like they could compete with with anybody at any level. Um, the opening game for Ambrose in that tournament was that game against Homedale, and um, they, they ran away with it. It was close early. Um, second quarter, it was I call it the accordion game. Um, Ambrose would get up by 12 points, and then Homedale would close it back and tie it, and then it would go back out to 12, and Homedale would come back. And it was just like, where at what point of the game is it going to end? Is it going to be the out, or is it going to be the end? And it was it was the out for Ambrose. They were, um, they had a great um, fourth quarter, second half, um, and really ran away with that game against Ambrose, and then or against Homedale. and then of course winning their next two games as well, uh, defeating McCall Donnelly, and then rolling on to the championship against um, Saint Mary's. And I think they had the toughest path in the tournament and still didn't have any trouble uh is picked to finish second in the league this year here in the 3a srb and for good measure i mean we'll we'll talk about them in a minute too but um mccall picked to finish second or first so they beat the top two teams in district three um at the 3a level so a step above them and it wasn't really close like they 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 were the better team it wasn't like they they got lucky and snuck out of it. Ambrose was the better team in those games. Um, and then obviously they got their revenge. It was funny. We did an interview um after the game, the first game with Hudson Hughes from <clears throat> from um from Ambrose, and we asked him, we're like, What's your goal here? Is it is it to play St. Mary's? Do you want revenge? And he was like, Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even a he didn't skip a beat. He said, Yeah, we want them. Uh, they they wanted a, another crack at him after coming up so close last year, a year ago, and falling in the state championship. And I think it was a huge statement win. And right now the 2A looks to be in Ambrose's hand, and it, it's theirs to lose at this point as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you look at in that game, you had Johnny Sugarman played great. Eli Sugarman played great. Uh, just going down the roster here, Um Tyson Hughes, he had a great uh, tournament that you could really pick anybody on that Ambrose roster, and they had a great tournament. But I'm just thinking specifically of that first game. I was very impressed with Hudson Hughes and how he played, and um, he tore it up. He was our player of the game that first day, and um, yeah, they rolled right through. I was very impressed with the Archers.
0: So Ambrose could finish first in the Snake River Valley Conference 3A. That's uh, what we're saying. I think right? they
1: would. I think that. I think they would. I'm not even kidding. I think. Heck, I even think you throw them up in the 4A SIC. I think they. I think they compete. They were big. They were long. Like that way, they were fast. Um, they're averaging over 80 points a game. That was not the case in this tournament. Uh, they think they they ran into some tougher competition with these three teams with Homedale. McCall um, Donnelly and St. Mary's, and so that you know the scores were not 85 points a game like they had been averaging, but they still won by double digits in these games, and you know ha- had the games in hand. So they they're really good. I like that Ambrose team.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because last year was Ambrose's first year at the two A level, right? And they they yeah. got all the way to the championship game, and. Yeah. They they kind of expected to be there, which was crazy because anytime you're moving up a level, it's always hard to account for how you're going to adjust to the step up in right. competition. But uh, Ken Sugarman, that's uh, Johnny's dad and, and the coach of the team, um, does a great job with that program. And uh, tell me, what did you think of, because I, I got to watch Ambrose at, at the 2A state tournament last year. Yeah. What, what did you think of Johnny Sugarman's ability to handle the basketball? He, he's yeah. got some pretty sick. Oh, memory. yeah.
1: No, they, they, they just, they were smooth. The whole team was smooth, just, just great moves. And I mean, Johnny's a senior, but you look, and and then Hudson Hughes is a senior too, but a lot of those other key pieces on that team are, are pretty young. And I mean, they were there at the 1A D1 championship two years ago. They were at the 2A state championship last year. And I, I just, I don't see how at this point anybody's going to stop them to be honest. Um, at, at the level they're playing um, right now, it's it, it's going to be tough. I mean, but the thing is, you're gonna you're gonna play in that conference, and you're gonna get everybody's best game every single night from here on out. I think that they showed everybody that they're back, that they're kind of. I think they set themselves apart as the favorite this year, at least in my book. That's who I, I would take. I would not take anybody else in two A right now besides Ambrose. I, I think they're really good and. I think everybody's going to have a target on their back um, or or have a target on the back of Ambrose. They're going to come after them. And so that's tough to play with for an entire season. Um, it's, it's you got to hold up expectations. You have to come out your best every night to get past those teams that they want their chance to knock off. Number one.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think the last hurdle that Ambrose has to clear is Melba, right? Melba right. the other team in their conference that, Is a favorite to get to state. They're six and one, uh, two and oh in the conference. Ambrose is two and oh in the conference, eight and oh overall. They don't play Melba the first time until January 13th. That'll be a game at the Ambrose school, and then they will go to Melba on February 4th. So I think that's the only potential pitfall for Ambrose still. But boy, they they sure Thursday
1: night, man. That sounds like a game we should be at that, uh ambrose melba game we'll have to we'll stay tuned for that one that that that's enticing that sounds they probably will both win until they get to that point and it'll be could be the decider for you know for, for that that first place spot so yeah anyways
0: and, and star power on both sides i mean melba's got yeah ash buis and um they've got mm-hmm. uh Volker's back or excuse me, uh, Joe Reber back that that's going to be tremendous as well for Melba. So uh, Melba last week, I'm trying to look at what they were up to Melba last week, uh, just had a couple of conference games, Nampa Christian. They won by nine vision charter. They won 80 to 25 vision charters on their way down. So not much to glean there, but yeah, Ambrose Ambrose looks good. Let's talk about those three A teams a little bit. You got yeah. to see McCall Donnelly, which was the three yep. A runner-up last year. And also Homedale. Th- those are the kind of the two favorites in the SRV this year.
1: Yeah, and Homedale I thought looked very good. Um I saw them play all three games. And um, you know, in that first game, it, it was really tight um in that matchup with with Ambrose for a little while. Um, but you know, a lot of them, we me and Wayne made the comment that. I hadn't seen a lot of these players without their helmet on, right? I I didn't know what their face looked like um, because I had never seen them because they you know always wear a football helmet. Um, but you look down the list, Mason Strong, he had a good tournament. Mason Strong, actually, he got – I don't know what happened, but he hurt his ankle in that last game, and I, hopefully he's back. Um, hopefully everything's okay there with that. Yeah. Um, Um, But, you know, especially Hayden Kinchlow and Jackson Dines. They had a fantastic tournament. Um, Kinchlow went on his in that game with uh, Ambrose. He went on his own personal 9-0 run when they were down 9 and just evaporated that lead himself. Um, Sorry, I'm just looking through all my my game notes here. In that second game, they played Aberdeen, which Aberdeen also looked really good. Um, I was impressed with Aberdeen. That game went to overtime. Um, and he, here's here's a funny thing from this game. Um, Aberdeen was throwing a pass. They were outside the three point arc, but the pass went straight down, um, hit inside the arc around the free throw line, popped straight up in the air, and then went in the hoop. I had never seen that before. Um, they scored on a bounce pass. Is it a three pointer? He, sh- I mean, he threw it from behind the three point arc. I mean, obviously the ball did bounce inside the arc, but it, it's it's fun you know banter to have right um i had never seen that where a bounce pass ended up didn't touch anybody didn't touch anything besides the floor uh, just popped up and went straight in so um that was that's, crazy that's 2 points i think that's 2 points yeah it, it's fun to think he had 3 points in my heart i think um but in that in that game against aberdeen here's um i'm doing math on the fly here Um, but Jackson Dines was a player of the game. It's great. He came over and talked to us after the game, but Sigmund Good he had a three-pointer in the second half. Elijah Joyner, he had a two-point layup, Um, and then Eli Heck had a free throw. Hayden Kinchlow had a free throw, and Trenton Fisher had a free throw. That was it. The rest of the scoring was all Jackson Dines. It is incredible. He had something like – Thirty-seven points on my, <laughs> on my quick math. There, he was. I mean, he was on fire in that game, and it, and I think that really just shows the balance of Homedale, though, because in in that game, they um, Jackson Dines was the star of that game. Um, in the game before, it was um, Hayden Kinchlow and Mason Strong were the, were the stars of those games. So it was, you know, they had, they had a different player that, that, you know, showed up in those games um, and played better than the night before and stuff like that. So, you know, they, they can plug and play whoever it is. I think, I think that's their key thing is that if, if somebody's off, somebody else is going to be on. And, and I think the last year they were eight and 15 and so not, not great, but, they looked very good, and they should be one of the favorites. Just like they were picked, I think that second, um, and even first, is not out of the realm of possibility, um, barring that injury to Mason Strong being serious.
0: Tell me about McCall Donnelly.
1: Yeah, is the Vandals. Don't... Yeah, go uh, the Vandals won won two games in their time there. That last game against Westside, um, I was there for that one, and and that was one of the most balanced basketball games I have ever seen. Um, I'm going to go down the scoring line here, Brandon, with points. Um, Tate Ova had eight points. Uh, Carter Johnson had nine. Alex Johnson had seven. And DJ Green had five. Marcus Wyman had four. Uh, Kyler Cundy had two. Um, Ryland Pate had two. Alex Marin had three. So that was that's the line. Nobody had more than nine points. Um, at halftime, nobody had more than one basket. It was completely spread out, and usually you would say, "Oh, DJ Green's going to steal the show here." But they showed that they could be that Westside team. Was good. Um, Breiler Shirtliff, it, taller than anybody out there. Another player that hadn't seen without a helmet on, so it looks different, right? But um, um, you know, you know they they could do it without DJ Green. I think that was the biggest takeaway I had from that was that. He had five points. And man, I tell you what, he had the worst luck shooting I've ever seen. I don't know how many shots he had that were three quarters of the way down and just popped back up. Just just a bad, bad luck night. But the entire team was very balanced. Nobody stole the show. Nobody screwed anything up royally. Everybody was did their job and they did it well. And they they came away with a good win against a good west side team in that final yeah, yeah. that final third place game.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's really encouraging for the Vandals. If yeah, DJ Green doesn't have it going. The fact that they can rely on other guys and still get the win. Did, did Ethan yeah. Tinney play it all for McCall Donnelly?
1: Yeah, Tinney. Oh, sorry, he I missed him. He had one free throw. That was it.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: he was the one that battled down low with um, uh, with Shirtlift. Those were you know the, t- the two tall guys. But yeah, he only had he only had one free throw. That was it.
0: Wow, so so the two—I mean, the two yeah. studs—six points,
1: yep. between them, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, it was very, very balanced. Like I said, they—they um, they, they just looked good, good balanced team. I think that was the the main thing I took away from them is that, yeah, if DJ Green's off one night, you can still win.
0: It was so fun to uh, go back and watch all of those smaller school games from the Hawaii tournament uh this past week that uh you and wayne and clay did did such a great job of of bringing uh to (laughs) our viewers so
1: it it was great it was a blast we were um we were on um on the tiny court there just upstairs in the behind the rim or behind the the main court and i tell you i was we were three feet from the 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 sideline there so just I'm surprised. No, no errant balls hit our table. Um, nothing. We never, never um, had anything like that, but it, it was fun. It was, um, it was definitely a different environment. There was no PA announcer. There was no um, music. It was just like game done, game done, game done, game done. And, and they had maybe 10 chairs on either side, um, but it did kind of create a, a fun environment like for that Ambrose Homedale game. Oh, there, there's a lot of fans that showed up for those two teams and they were they were it was full over on the sides just just standing room only um so it was fun um to have those two teams um bring some people even though um there wasn't there was not a lot of room up there um but but it was a fun tournament and and hopefully they'll do it again and we, and we can go back upstairs it was uh it was fun we'd love to do those games again
0: yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun for sure. Let's check in on the one A's on on the boys basketball side before we switch gears to yeah. to girls. Um, for the one A D ones, we kind of have to talk about Centennial Baptist a little bit. Logan, they're they're in first place. They're four and O overall, one and O in the conference. This isn't a school that gets a lot of acclaim typically because nobody really knows a lot about it. You know, they're not they're they're not out there in the limelight you know, um, it's hard to get info about Centennial Baptist sometimes. And so, and and a lot of times, like they don't even have a girls basketball team this year. They only have a boys team. So they're off to a four and start, which is exciting to see for Centennial Baptist, which is also a very new school.
1: Yeah. And you look at their, um, their schedule, I think they've played, I, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, right. I think some of these matchups are, the first round, they're all conference games, but they don't count as conference games. Is that, um, that, that's that's your understanding? So, but that's the thing. They've won all of those games against those are conference teams that, that they will count when they play the second time, right? I think the one that counts is that one against Jim State, um, but they have wins against Notice, Wilder, and Idaho City, um, by by double digits in every one of those games. And you're right, Brandon, maybe it's time that we start thinking that maybe Centennial Baptist, because somebody's got to take over, right, for um, Riverstone, if it's not Riverstone. If Riverstone is not going to come back out and, and make a run to the state championship again, who is it? Who's going to win that? Who's going to come out of there? Um, and typically you, you see Rimrock. I mean, Rimrock's going to be in the conversation for sure. Um, they typically are in there and, but you know, what Liberty charter, um, they look good. Uh, we saw them a couple of weeks ago. We talked about them last week, um, that, that Liberty charter, and then victory charter, of course, uh, was picked to be the favorite, but could Centennial Baptist slide into that final spot, you know, or, or you know, make that, I guess the question was, who is the, I, I'm mixing things up here, Brandon, those top two are pretty much those top two, uh, victory and Liberty, but we need to find out who that third one is. And I think that now you see Centennial that possibly they could, they could make that fight for that third spot. Um, Cause I don't think it's wilder, um, unfortunately. Um, so, so we'll see, we'll see who, who wants to come out of there with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really looks like Centennial Baptist in the early going there. They're always picked like last in the preseason poll, just kind of by virtue of, we don't really know much about them. We don't know if they're going to have a team or not. We don't know what kind of players they have. Um, Almost by default, they're usually picked towards the bottom. But here they are playing well. You mentioned it, though. I still think in this conference, it's going to come down to Victory Charter and Liberty Charter. And wouldn't you know it, Logan, those two teams are playing on Wednesday night, the final game before they get out for the Christmas break. And it's a neutral site game. It's going to be held at Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa, which is pretty cool
1: yeah, a big time uh, location for that game it should be fun uh, for those kids to play on a on a college court for that game. and what could be uh, you know the deciding the deciding game in the conference. Um, I look at, at the schedule. Liberty Charter, they play Centennial pretty late in the season. Uh, so there could be a gap of time before we see Centennial get their crack at those two teams.
0: Yeah, should be a lot of fun to watch that game. Uh, follow it on Wednesday and we'll 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 recap what happened in that game next week on the prep cast because that might give us an idea of who's in the driver's seat right in in that conference um long pin conference one ad twos um it's hard to tell right now garden valley is five and one overall one and oh in the conference they've played a little bit of a watered down schedule right they've played meadows valley which is a team that always struggles with numbers. Grace Lutheran, which is going to be middle of the pack in their conference, two games against Greenleaf Friends, which is struggling at the D one level. So it's hard to get a feel on on Garden Valley, but the defending champs off to a five and one start. Um, Council, I still think the favorite though. They're oh yeah, in
1: the league. Yeah, and, and look at Council. I mean, um, they won on Saturday against Tri Valley, sixty four to sixteen. Um, that's tough to do. Then they they went and beat Cascade at Cascade too, a team that a lot of people picked first. Um, that they, they were in the state championship just two seasons ago, um, and they beat the Ramblers by thirty five points. Is yes. Council here? You know that. You know maybe this is Council's conference this year, and I think that. um, Excuse me, I'm th- I'm talking about Brendan. I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I am well, right. right. Yeah. Stop it. I'm. Stop it. No, you're good. I'm just kidding. No. um, Yeah. Cascade was in the state championship a couple of years ago, um, but they do their two losses so far for council. I think we'll come to help them later on. They did lose to Liberty charter and victory charter. The two we, we just got done talking about. Right. Um, and they lost pretty handily in those two games, which goes to show you how good Liberty and victory charter are to, to, to take out this council team, you know, but, I mean, it was 40 points, uh, they, they Liberty charter beat them by 20 and then a 34 point win against our, by victory charter. So, but yeah, I agree. I think council right now looks like the team to be.
0: Yeah. Well, let's keep it with council and let's switch over to the girls basketball conversation, long pin conference council girls, six and O overall two and O in the conference. And they are also looking very strong.
1: Yeah, so we could Council Athletics just as a whole has had a great – you you look back in the fall, uh, girls' volleyball was very good. The football team made it to state, and now your boys' and girls' basketball teams are, you know, in the driver's seat right now of your conference. You you look who they've beaten. They also beat Tri-Valley on Saturday, um, and that one pretty handily took out the – the Titans in that matchup. So and then they were in the state championship a year ago. We mentioned how the girls team also beat um McCall Donnelly a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, council girls looking really good right now. They're on a they they have one game this week against Wilder and then they'll be off uh that next the next matchup they'll have is the next week against Compass Charter.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's no coincidence that uh Paula Tucker took over as the athletic director at council and you're seeing success across the board. She is uh, a great administrator, a great coach. She coaches volleyball and girls basketball. Um, and I, I don't think that's any coincidence that she kind of took over at council and what do you know, the lumberjacks are good in pretty much everything It uh, usually is how uh, it seems to go there. So. Uh,
1: yeah. Just um, they, yeah. Like you said, they look great at everything right now. <laughs>
0: Yes. Garden Valley continues to play well in girls basketball as well. They're seven and one overall, one and zero in the conference. You know, I watched a little film of Garden Valley uh, last week because I was kind of curious, you know, what what kind of team are we dealing with here? They've got good athletes. They don't have a ton of size. Um, so I wonder if that's going to hurt them down the road. And then their schedule also has not been the most rigorous so far, but seven and one to seven and one. Their loan loss came to the McCall Donnelly JV they lost by one and the big matchup is going to come after the new year. Uh, as far as what we show on Idaho garden Valley doesn't have any games until January 8th when they play council. So that will be a uh, m- must watch basketball there.
1: Yeah. That one's on a, on Saturday the eighth, like you said, should be a great game between those two. Uh, that one looks like it's at garden Valley. So that's another, that's a great location to, to go to a basketball game as well. That's a, uh, it's always fun to go to Garden Valley, but that should be a great game between those two.
0: yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. one a d one. so we talked about notice last week, Logan, kind of kind of breaking through with that win yep. over Liberty Charter. and uh, they also came through after we recorded the podcast with a tight win over a really good Rimrock team forty nine to forty six. So it is notice the team to beat they they've beaten Liberty by five, Rimrock by three. Their loan loss was to Ambrose by three. That's a two A school. Right. Otherwise they're, they're six and one overall three and oh in the conference.
1: Yeah. That's what I think, Brandon. I think it's, I think notice has kind of set themselves apart, right? At least for right now, they've been one of those teams. that's just right there. They're always um, in that game that decides who goes to state from district three and just can't quite get over that hump the last few years. Um, but knocking off the two teams that have perennially gone to the tournament, Liberty Charter and Remrock the last couple of years, uh, the mainstays here from district three always making it to the tournament, it seems like but finally a new team has emerged and and notice has you know beaten them both, both close games, but it doesn't matter. they won. Um, and so those two teams are gonna you know be looking for their shot again when it comes to, to district tournament times. Those are the only two times those teams will meet up this year. Um, And if they're able to keep the momentum going, look out. Notice is going to end up potentially with that top seed in the district tournament. And that is, it's an ever important spot to be in Um, because, you know, typically those those next two teams, two and three, will meet each other in the semifinals. And, you know, if if it's like what we think with those three teams at the top, if it's notice. Um, and then, it, you know, it continues to be Liberty Charter and Rimrock. Liberty Charter and Rimrock, they're going to play in the semis. And all of a sudden, if you're noticed, you say, I avoid that already. I already have, a, you know, I get to the championship. My ticket's punched. I'm in. Um, and so it's it's critical to win the conference in the regular season, even though that doesn't put you in state. It gives you the easiest path to state, knowing that you're the top seed and you don't have to play second or third seed until the finals when that spot is potentially already wrapped up.
0: Yeah, I would say that Notice already went through the more difficult part of its yeah. schedule, uh Liberty 1 and 7, which is very surprising. I'm not sure they're going to get back. Um I think I think right now Notice and Rimrock are the two favorites to, to get the state uh from that district. So
1: and and um right now Greenleaf is sitting at Two and zero in the conference, and Wilders three and one. So those are two teams maybe to to keep your eye on. But I, I think Notice and Rimrock are probably the two teams that that you're going to see uh, really fight forward for those spots at state.
0: Yep, I I completely agree. Uh, two A girls basketball, uh, more of the same, right? Coal Valley, Melba, both teams eleven and one overall. Coal Valley still six and zero in the conference. Melba four and one. We're, we're kind of just playing it out until those two meet in the rematch, which will also be January 8th. So you've got two really good girls games on taps, Logan, for, for January 8th. You've got Garden Valley taking on Council yeah. and then Cole Valley against Melba.
1: Yeah, those should both be, like you said, two good games there on, on the 8th. Um, but the Cole Valley girls are just on a roll right now. Uh, big win against New Plymouth. On Saturday, also had a big win against Nampa Christian on Thursday. But I'll just mention, too, about Coal Valley. I didn't realize – I knew they were building a new school, um, but I didn't realize how close it was. It is across the street from Hawaii. They could just share the same parking lot. It, it is it is right there across the street. So it will be kind of cool that those two um, you know, will be right there. And they're one of those schools, too, um, that that's probably going to get bigger in size as they they build a new school, and and that's one that I, I think we might see Coal Valley not stay 2A for too many more years. I think you're, you're going to see them move up um, eventually as they the you know booming population in the Treasure Valley, more people are going to be wanting to go play for Coal Valley. That's had um, you know great great seasons in football lately, um, boys and girls basketball looking strong. Uh, people are going to want to go there. I'm going to be part of that. So they're one that I just, we'll see how long they make it at the 2A level. But right now they're doing great girls basketball, obviously, on a roll. Uh, We mentioned it before, but uh, they're going to be playing in that Timberline tournament um, next week. And, man, there's some some huge potential matchups for them to see where they truly match up. And uh, one of them could come from a team that, you know, they're a four-a team that might be the best team in the state um in, in Burley. They definitely Burley has the best basketball player in the state. Um, girls basketball 100 percent I don't I don't think it's close. Um, she probably could beat any of the guys too. Um, to be honest, I she's uh Amari Whitey, Omari Whiting <laughs> already accepted an offer to Oregon to play. Um so that could be a f- very fun matchup to see, Brandon, if uh, Cole Valley can get a chance to play Burley. I think that they would learn a lot a lot about themselves playing against um, Amari Whiting and Burley.
0: Yeah, two weeks ago, Amari Whiting set the new Burley high school record with 44 points in a game. And that, yes. that was nice for her, but more importantly, she set the family scoring record. Her older brother, Jace yeah. Whiting, um, who committed to Boise state and is serving, uh, an LDS mission currently. Um, the first thing she did after the game was text him, Hey, I got the new <laughs> family scoring record. What's Take up? that?
1: Take that. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. They, they, man, I saw her play last year during the state tournament and whew, she's worth the price of admission. I'll say that she's very good and very fun to watch. And so if you're cold Valley, you could, you, you you could have the opportunity to play against a you know really a once in a Amari's like a top fifteen national recruit. She's not just good for the Northwest. She is nationally good, um, and so that would be quite the experience to to get a chance to play against someone that good in a team that good as Burley. So if I'm Cole Valley, I would love that chance to play against a team like that. Um, but also looking at the tournament, Bonneville is in there, Bishop Kelly. Um, they're going to have their hands full in that tournament, and I think they'll they'll be able to see how they match up with some of these um, bigger, larger schools, so to say. Um, their only loss so far in the year was to Lapway, um, and, and Lapway is one of those teams that they could do the same thing. They could move up and play just as well with bigger schools. Um, traditionally, they're always in the mix as well, so I don't don't really find any harm in losing to Lapway during the regular season.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right, or ever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, finally, the 3A, you know, there's the Timberline tournament taking place next week, starting the, the 28th, 29th, 30th. Um, Also, uh, Parma will be hosting their own little holiday tournament on the 28th, 29th, 30th. Um, I know Parma's going to play in that. Weezer's going to play in that. Weezer is currently in first place in the uh, Snake River Valley Conference standings, along with Fruitland. Both teams are one and oh. Weezer is seven and two, Fruitland is seven and three. We we talked about Fruitland's conference win on last week's podcast, came on that buzzer beater inside, right? Where they knocked off Parma. Yep. So Parma's three and seven. And if people look at just the standings, they're gonna go, oh boy, Parma's down this year. But I really I really do think that Parma is a dangerous team. And they they have a chance to really show up at their own home tournament.
1: Yeah, it, they got a big win on Thursday against Homedale. And so that always helps, you know, just to kind of shake shake that off. You win a conference game, um, you know, it helps get the juices flowing, so to say. And they'll, they'll play next week in that tournament, um, starting off with Nampa Christian. And then we'll see who they have in those next two rounds after that. But, you know, a chance if you can win a tournament like that at home, uh, maybe that gives you a spark that you need through the rest of the season. As after the tournament, that first matchup that they will have. It'll be a thursday night game against weezer uh right now sitting at first place
0: yeah that'll be a huge matchup in for weezer they're playing at the parma tournament as well a chance for them to uh maybe show that they're for real this year also right. should, should be a lot of fun uh logan uh we're, we're gonna be off uh for christmas obviously christmas is coming up later this week do you have a big uh, big christmas plans
1: uh my my in-laws are coming uh to our house but that that's about it nothing um Nothing too fancy.
0: Are these the in-laws that live in Idaho Falls?
1: Uh the no. So the my sister-in-law lives in Idaho Falls. Okay. But my mother and father-in-law, they live in um they live in Washington. But oh, okay. my mother-in-law, she's from Rigby, Manan area. Um, so m- a lot of my wife's family lives over there, but no, her parents are just coming to our house. So that's that's about it. We're not going on any fancy road trips like you, Brandon. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, I'm headed back up to uh, Montana because, as I discussed before Thanksgiving, my wife and I are the only ones that live out of state, so we we always have to Good. go visit um, at the holidays. So, what uh, what kind of meat you cooking up for Christmas?
1: Okay, so it's funny. Me and my wife are just having this conversation. So I grew up on um, <laughs> it's called. It's not huge out here. I don't even know where you buy it, but it's called country ham. Um, it's like a dry, salty, it's very salty, and that's what I would eat that every day, but nobody else in my house would eat it, so we have to have it, as my grandma would call it, city ham, we have to have uh, city folks ham, um, That's it's just, just ham, um, that's it, um, I, there's some other things on the menu, but I think the, the meat is ham. What about you guys?
0: Okay, cuz I, I was wondering cuz some people, you know, some people do cri- uh, turkey on Christmas and I'm like we ju- we just had turkey we for just Thanksgiving. Had, we just did that. Yeah, we just did that. Um ham, we usually save it at least when I was growing up in my family, we would save ham for New Year's. New Year's Day okay. ham. And we would do prime rib on Christmas.
1: Uh yeah, see, I know a lot of people do that and um we just uh we We just never have, um, not for any particular reason, but so do you make it Brandon or does somebody else make it?
0: So my, so I mean, we're going to my parents' house. My dad has a Traeger, so he's gonna, he's gonna smoke that up. The prime rib is good, but it's like, it's like very rich. Like I'm good for one trip through and it's like so fatty and rich. Yeah.
1: It's super fatty. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm not like a huge fan of like fat on my meat. I'll just
1: I, I'm of... not either. I don't know, like rib. I struggle with ribeye steaks sometimes. Yeah, but, like I don't want to. I don't want to gnaw through that grizzle. Like I just want meat. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. gooey. I'm sure I'm going to get kicked out for saying things like that. Paul probably like eats <laughs> grizzled fat for breakfast every morning. Just chews on it like a piece of gum. But, um, it's. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. Then, and then
0: that's probably why I just yeah. So, so I do. I like
1: my fat to render like in a nice pork butt that you smoke, and it's gone when you're done with it. It's just just melts. So, well, now I'm hungry.
0: (laughs) You know what we should do? We should uh, we should put together an IdahoSports.com cookbook.
1: All (laughs) all of the broadcasters,
0: all the guys get together. We just have our recipes in there.
1: Logan's famous Cheetos, go to Winco, buy Cheetos, put them on plate, done. That's, that's the extent of my cookbook. Well, I actually, I did talk to the carry coaches and they, um, I guess they have a huge cookout every year on like a fundraising thing with, um, ribs, pork, all that shebang. And, and I said, I'd like an invite to that. Um, when that happens, that sounds good, but yeah, we'll, um, Idaho sports cookbook. I'm sure that's on everyone's holiday Christmas wish list.
0: That. And along with, I always joke with Wayne to that we need the, uh, the men of Idaho sports.
1: (laughs) January (laughs) dibs. All January. (laughs)
0: That sounds good. Well, Logan, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family.
1: Yeah. You too, Brandon. Yeah.
0: And uh, we'll see you back here. One last time before the new year. For another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast, there's a a small smattering of games before Christmas. So if you're going to a game or a competition, enjoy it. Uh, Otherwise, have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you back here one last time before the new year next week on another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.